If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with someone who is uh, new to the show, but not really new to the, the local music scene. I mean, I think that uh, this is maybe a long time coming in that I've, I've talked to a lot of other artists on the House of Wonders label. And uh, today I have, the, I guess, the first artist <laughs> on the label who, who was responsible for the first release that that label ever did. And um, I think that the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist. And then I know you have a lot of new things happening that we can uh, get into after that. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Amos uh, from Amos the Kid, and uh, I make indie rock music from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Cool. That's a very succinct way of putting it. And so, uh, first of all, I mean, you, you just introduced yourself as Amos from Amos the Kid. So is Amos the Kid, I always just assumed that was sort of your stage name, but is that the name of the group? Um, it started out as just me, because I kind of, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a band or what. Um, it was kind of a collaboration of my songs and then a bunch of people playing on them. Um, now I think the direction, cause we've had the same, mostly the same band members for a really long time now. Um, and it, I feel like now we've gone more in the direction of feeling like a band. Okay. Uh, so I guess I say like Amos from Amos, the kid or, uh, as a part of Amos, the kid, but, um, I'm sure lots of people would associate me as Amos the Kid. Right. So, yeah, you are Amos the Kid in Amos the Kid, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but the reason we're talking now is because you have a new album um, that's coming out uh, later this week from when we're recording it. And, um, you know, you have, you have a couple EPs that, that came out before this. And uh, it seems like sort of with each with each release, you're getting more... Um, more notoriety and more more attention and more great reviews and everything. So, uh, this is I think the first uh, release the House of Wonders has done on vinyl too, right? Like this is this is a, a big step up, I guess, from from your tape releases uh, in the past. Yeah, yeah. First uh, first LP for House of Wonders, and then also obviously my um, first LP. Uh, yeah, we did two two little cassette tapes uh, before this EPs. Um, over kind of I guess we started in. Started working on them in 2019, started releasing in 2020. Um, yeah, so it feels like, I guess, a big step for both me and the label. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, am I right in saying that that, that this is kind of, uh, this project has been getting more attention sort of uh, progressively? I mean, it seems like, at first I heard the name, and then when the first tape came out, a lot of people were, were, were kind of gushing over it. And the second one came out and then again, same thing started seeing stuff and exclaim and things like that. And then, and then now you got this, this LP happening. Has it felt like a, a pretty quick, um, 
I, I guess, climb for you as far as um, just getting recognition and getting people knowing who you are and knowing your music and knowing your sound? Um, I think it's, yeah, in some ways. Um, it felt like it was going really quick uh, at the beginning. And then, you know, because we, we put out the, the, uh, the Mountain View EP and then we had a bunch of shows and like festivals and everything yeah. uh, that were interested in, in um, having us play. And then COVID happened and I had like, I don't know, something like six, six different shows, maybe more, probably, uh, I guess more over a couple of years canceled. So then it felt like, like things really plummeted. Uh, so I really, I, I, part of me was like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe that was it. Um, but then over this year, things have felt like really, like they've really taken off, um, at least in at least in comparison to anything I've done before. Well, um, it's such a short time that you've been you've been doing this in terms of actually releasing music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um Amos the Kid, like I said, twenty twenty. So, you know, three years of, of uh releasing music isn't very long. No, it's um, not. Especially a with a big pandemic in the middle of it that it just kind of yeah, erases yeah. that whole that whole period of, of playing shows and stuff, yeah. And I I did music before for you know, since I was a teenager. Um but none of that, you know, that was like coffee houses and like little performances and whatever and releasing my, my stuff on SoundCloud or yeah. or YouTube or whatever. So this, yeah, all things considered, I think the last three years and especially this last year um, have surprised me quite a bit. Because, I mean, I like wh when I first started releasing this Amos the Kid stuff, I had no idea that uh, people would even dig it at all. So... <laughs> What yeah. do you think it is that's 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 working with people? I mean, um, like, I actually have a, I have a, I have a sub question to that too. But I mean, first of all, what what do you think is is grabbing people about th these songs? Why why are they successful? Why is it working out? I mean, from your perspective, I don't know if you can answer that, but I don't know. Um, I feel like it's different. Um, in the beginning, I like in the beginning of this interview, I called it indie rock because that would be the catch all. But I don't think it sounds like a lot of no uh indie rock that's coming out um which is so funny because it it's so funny to see people try to um pick a genre for us like in interviews and stuff or in like write-ups but um yeah i don't know i feel i feel like it because it's different people are kind of responding well to that um i focus really heavily on on trying to write good lyrics um, and and stuff that both kind of brings across the nostalgia yeah uh, that I'm trying to write about but then also um kind of I'm, I, yeah I don't know trying to write like good poetry and stuff uh so may, I don't know maybe people are interested in that part of it well, that was kind well, of yeah. you. Kind of touched on what my 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 secondary question is 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 mm -hmm. what you called it as a genre. I mean, I've definitely seen and and heard heard in your music too. There's a lot more than just than just indie rock or indie pop or any of those kind of indie genres. I mean, you have a very strong country influences uh, in certain parts. Certain songs, for sure, are like out and out country is, is right there. There's folk stuff. There's mm -hmm. singer songwriter stuff. There's seems to be a lot of a lot of different things floating around in there. Do you sort of have? Is there kind of a, a point that you refer to as far as this is the kind of stuff that you listen to that that sort of inspired this? Is is there like an era or a sound or something like that 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 you always point yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm always caught between the kind of um, old school outlaw country and then um, 
the the kind of 90s shit like well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm supposed to swear on you. <laughs> uh the 90s stuff um you know like the dinosaur juniors of the world or um sure or or pavement or silver jews like I I'm floating between that and then just like yeah some um yeah pretty heavily into the the country genre um and I I guess that uh, hopefully I'm not like you know genre bending too much in a way that people would find negative but um it definitely pulls me in in a lot of directions and i do listen to all that like indie rock shit that yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of young people are listening to right now too um i just don't really play it i guess <laughs> You're, you're you're doing this in an era where being genre bending is 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 very accepted. I mean, people are exposed to so much stuff now. And I, I I being like an old man yelling at clouds, talk about this all the time on this show. Is that like you know people now have access? Kids now, the young people now have access to all music from all eras, just like at the click of a button, right? So it's it's not. It seems like those hard and fast barriers that there used to be even 20 years ago as far as what genre you play everything is sort of blurred because there's no real um like popular music is is everything right it's everything mm-hmm. from anywhere and any country any time any any genre is all kind of melded together so i think for, as someone doing a, a, a melange of genres you're you're coming up at the right time yeah yeah i think so and i mean in this like tiktok era um 
young people especially are finding you know oldies that are just like resurfacing because they will they will uh, pop off on on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever absolutely and i feel like it's it's funny like even this year i met a lot of um younger people that were like yeah i really got into john prine recently and i'm like that's that's so funny because it's like you know he just died that's what, well he just died but it's yeah he just died and like um it's not that uh i personally was like ahead of the curb on that but like my mom was like playing that in the house like crazy like when i was a kid yeah um and it's just funny that i guess the afterlife for these artists is now on tiktok and that's the way people are discovering them and also getting into said genres yeah. So okay. Well, I, I think I think you're right too. I mean, I I have kids. My oldest one's a teenager, and this this has happened where where music that I I listened to when I was her age has she's been playing it and it's like, how do you know this band? And it's like, oh, yeah. I heard it on TikTok, right? It's, it's totally a thing. Um. So given that that's sort of how music is discovered, how does that affect you as an artist wanting to get your music out there? I mean, you have this record coming out. You obviously want as many people to hear it as possible. Knowing that mm-hmm. sort of the traditional way of of making music available to the, the public, it still exists, but it, it's, things are changing, right? Does that affect yeah. your sort of um, strategy for putting your stuff out there and, and how you're going to do it and who you want to hear it? Yeah, I mean, um, the whole TikTok world sort of feels impossible. <laughs> like, I I don't know. I don't know how to ma- get people to, to use your yeah. songs or sounds on there. But um I've definitely been learning, like, even, like, Spotify and, like, Apple Music and stuff has changed a lot, even from, like, five years ago. Yeah. Uh, like, getting playlisted doesn't mean as much anymore. Uh, getting those editorial playlists doesn't mean as much anymore. Um, so the landscape has changed in that way. So I'm – and it's not that I was, like, heavily involved before. So I'm, I'm – a lot of it I'm learning for the first time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like – Part of me, part of me really like digs the the sort of, you know, Daniel Romano, like he is playing across the country and uh, he's releasing his music, the majority of it on Bandcamp and then deleting it. But oh wow, so it's just, like limited edition kind of uh, time frame. Yeah, but he's doing like that old school, like kind of what the Tragically Hip did, where he's just playing every town across the country, and the fans that he's gaining are so organic because they literally yeah. saw him live. They didn't discover him on TikTok. And part of me is kind of caught between, uh, not that we've toured yet, but part of me is caught between this, like, do I want to like put a ton of my energy into social media for the sort of passive listener? Or do I want to like be just a real rock band that like, you know, goes across the country and plays barns and, yeah. um, well, and there's but something to be said for that too. I mean, that, that that's like, I mean, there's lots of people, especially with country too. I mean, I've talked to a bunch of country artists on here who they play the city sometimes, but their their real bread and butter is every small community in the province mm-hmm. over and over again, and then they they get word of mouth fans and they sell physical mm-hmm. copies of their CDs because that's what the the audience out there wants, and and it, it's definitely a thing. Like I, I worked for um, when I was about 19, I worked for a newspaper in Verdun, Manitoba, and uh, mm-hmm. I lived there, and uh, you know, I was by myself. I was young and whenever any band would come through regardless of what kind of music they were i would go see them because i was in verdon and i didn't know anyone there's nothing else to do and and like there's there's definitely like something to be said for that kind of there's still bands i listen to that i heard you know this is like 20 something years ago now 
when yeah. I was a, a teenager in Verdon writing for the paper. So yeah, it's, it, it, there's a, there's something to it. Well, it's it, it is funny. Um, it reminds me of I'm from Boys of Maine, Manitoba. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, CBC would do these like house concert series there. So when I was a teenager, I saw Alexa Dirks uh, like Begonia play in uh, Shikami. Or, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, the, and then the new lightweights, I think maybe. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. they they came to my town a couple times. I saw them every time they came, and then uh, randomly later on in life, Alexa Dirks is one of my good friends. That's um, awesome. And it's funny because I, yeah, there's like a certain loyalty you get to people's music by having them come to you, in uh, in your town or your spot. Yeah, you have that personal so. personal experience of like, oh, I saw this show, and then when and you connect it to to emotions and feelings and nostalgia and everything. Whereas you know, just clicking on a bunch of uh, digital stuff is maybe not going to give you the same the same vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- feel like guys who do that really well from Winnipeg are like. Um, like Micah Ehrenberg and like Richard sure. Inman, they sure. play like they'll just play every small town. It doesn't matter, uh, and people are just the the rural people are so loyal to them. So, yeah, because because they made I, the effort, right? They made the effort to come out to to whatever the community is and and play for mm-hmm. fifteen people. But but those fifteen people are now diehard fans. Yeah, so I'd love yeah I'd love to get there and I'd love to be able to float both if I can for sure and um, hopefully not get burnt out from you know, all the social media shit. <laughs> so for, for people who, um, you know, by the time the good thing about this is being a podcast, someone could hear it the day it comes out or they could hear it a year from now. And by then, you know, obviously your record will be out. You might be doing more touring. You might have new music out. Who knows? But for people who haven't heard this one yet, how would you say it, it differs? Like, how has it changed sonically from the past, past couple of releases? What should people expect? Um, if they're familiar with the two EPs and kind of have a, an idea of what your sound is, what's mm-hmm. changed on this one? I mean, the joke uh, within the band is that Amos learned how to play on beat. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's all around, like, a lot tighter. Uh, the writing process, the the recording. Um, I mean, like, my, my first EP was one of the first, well, I, yeah, I guess it was the first thing that House of Wonders recorded. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think everyone involved has just grown together into the the sound we're in now um i think it's louder and it's bigger uh and we take a lot more risks um we were able to incorporate like a lot more things that i wanted early on but just um we just couldn't make happen for the the sake of time and and everything else um like for for example in the new record we have a lot of banjo cool uh and different sounds that we just yeah we just never would have had time to record before um so I, yeah i guess it's bigger it's it's more catchy um yeah i learned how to structure songs a lot better this time around <laughs> that helps right so. yeah i'll set the fire i'll set the fire i'll set the fire
watch the dark I'll hold you close I'll hold you in my arms A flame in the night A friend all his time I'll hold you close In a quivering So, so with all that, though, with all the extra, extra, extra instruments you're putting on, and the band's tighter and all these things, uh, you mentioned kind of right off the the beginning here about about the the focus on lyrics and the focus on songwriting. Do these songs do they work in a stripped down format as well? Like, uh, are you able to play these songs whether it's just solo or just with a smaller version of the group, w- without uh, a bunch of extra instruments and ec- extra sort of bells and whistles? Like, do they do they work? Do you think as stripped down kind of um, like you said the poetry, right? Hmm. Um. Yeah, like, I mean, all of them start uh, in the writing process. They all start usually with my guitar and singing. Sure. Um, so, you know, they're they're built up from that. Um, but I would say some of them, I, I don't know. I don't know yet. Uh, haven't tried yet. <laughs> um, uh, some of them are older songs that I, that I wrote in a time where I was playing by myself a lot more. Okay. Uh, so they, you know, I've definitely performed them live. Uh but yeah, I don't. I don't have plans of playing this album solo yet. We'll, yeah, we'll see. It's just I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun playing with people and ha- the bigger sound. Yeah, and and I did I did that solo thing. Like I played before as like the the Sholate kid is what I called myself. Okay, yeah, right. I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I I probably did like eight or nine years of solo playing okay uh, so you've had enough of that by now <laughs> i've had enough of that yeah yeah um played to a lot of empty rooms yeah so, fair enough fair enough yeah but uh, yeah i don't know yeah yeah they they probably will work solo uh i just gotta workshop them i guess yeah cool. uh it just we've been jamming on them for so long as a as a band it's it's hard to kind of strip them back in my head but we'll see 
with uh, with the record out, I mean, by the time people hear this, it'll probably be out. I mean, depending when someone listens, what is sort of the next step for you now? I'm assuming you want to get out there and play more shows to sort of uh, promote it and, and, and let people hear the songs from this record. Yeah. Um, well, we're going on tour on May 16th. We're doing a, a little tour to Vancouver and back. Cool. Um, so that for me personally, I'm, I guess I'm probably the only person in the band, maybe not, I'm not sure, who hasn't toured. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal for me. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and it's kind of funny because like the the two benchmarks that I always wanted as a as a young musician or whatever was to go on a, a tour and to put out an LP. And um, this this month I'm doing both of those things. So it's it's kind of hard. I guess I got to find new goals. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I would like to uh, definitely play more shows. Uh, we didn't. We haven't really looked around at festivals a whole lot, um, but yeah, I kind of, I think I want to take a, like a little, a little rest after the album comes out, and then uh, yeah, start playing it. Cool. So. Cool.
Like I said, where where you can you can get everything sort of at the click of a button. You're putting out physical media. I know that's kind of what the label does as well. And I, as an old person, uh, someone who you know who still listens exclusively almost to, to to physical tapes and CDs and records, I'm always happy to hear when people are doing this and when they're still like I mean, because uh, there are definitely lots of artists out there who mm. are just skipping that entirely and just going mm. strictly to streaming. Is, has that always been important to you to to, to have a physical um, release of your stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something that feels getting caught up in and just while well, just releasing music onto the internet and then just seeing it as a number yeah. um i feel like can be really depressing sometimes and also uh it's less i don't know i i like i just i have the shit around my room of like this is just like my second tape uh and i'll have that forever but I, yeah. i'm not going to have i'm not going to have spotify forever i'm not going to have you know so Releasing physical music doesn't mean a lot to me because someone else can hold it and um, maybe appreciate it. And maybe someone's driving a, you know, a 90s forerunner and they can put my tape in. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. And it, it's too bad that we didn't do CDs, but um, at least with the tapes, yeah, they could. I just like to think that that can travel somewhere physically. Yeah, it, it totally could. Yeah, so. there are still people out there with Walkmans and and things like that too. Right, mm -hmm. so it, it has it has that ability for sure. Um, so I'm assuming the best place to to get copies of these tapes and the record are at shows. Um, like you said, you're going to be touring. Where else can people find this stuff? I mean, I'm guessing that it's available on all the streaming services uh, as well. Uh, yeah, definitely shows. And then I think I think on my Instagram I have a link in my bio. Uh, that would go to the House of Wonders store, so you can buy it there, and then you can buy it on Bandcamp, obviously. Cool, cool. And then, uh, if someone wants to find out more about what you're doing, uh, you know, where you're playing shows, things like that, what's the best way to sort of keep in touch with what you're up to? Yeah, probably Instagram. Um, uh, like I, I think I announced stuff on Bandcamp, but yeah, probably Instagram. 